The Versecast is brought to you by Engine. Create your free gaming community website at enjin.com. Cast Community Podcast. My name is John Abraham. I am Jimmy Croker, and John got the intro right. Yeah, that's how you do it. I was thinking of it in my head before I did it. It kind of helps. Stepped up a few octaves, though. Yeah, it uh, helps. I think this is Azazamine. Gleep is, uh, according to a text message I got from him uh, moments ago. Uh, he is recovering from the lunar eclipse. Apparently, it was brutal. I asked him if he turned into a werewolf, and uh, he said, no, a, a jackalope. That's weird. That, that doesn't weird. happen. No, and I, I, would, I don't think I've ever heard of a, being turning into a jackalope being a thing. Yeah, well, apparently, Gleep does during a uh, lunar eclipse. Yeah. Who knew? Yeah. See, when I heard about the eclipse, I made a bunch of firebender jokes to uh <laughs> to some of my buddies oh man <laughs> nice well we are those guys with ships this is episode 46 of our community podcast today is 10 1 standard earth time thank you ronald jenkies uh magnetic moment is the intro and outro track it's off of ronald's 2012 album days away can be found uh, online along with all of his other fine music stylings at www.ronaldjenkies.com. Dem stylings, though. They are stylings. So, um, from the hub, which uh, I am a big fan of, I've been perusing that uh, more and more of late, uh, there is a nifty little fan-made Gamescom 2015 interview with Ben Lesnick. Uh, I don't know if you guys have had a chance to watch this or not, but the questions focus mainly on orgs. Um, It includes hangars, uh, storage uh, facilities, safe houses, and reputation. Um, One question, for example, was, will your reputation in-game affect your org? So, you know, if you're in a fairly legit org and you're a notorious pirate, is your org going to be penalized for that? And Chris said, or I'm sorry, Ben said there's a lot of back and forth about it but at the end of the day, they, they collectively feel that um, you shouldn't be, your organization shouldn't be punished for the actions of one person. But uh, it's a really cool video, well worth checking out. Um, I love fan interviews. They always ask um, questions you don't immediately think of. And this particular interviewer clearly had orgs on his mind. Neat. Uh, from uh, also from the hub, uh, have you guys had a chance to look at Hunter Comic? I have Hunter been Comics? reading it. I've been following it when they post new pages on Reddit. It's so, pretty neat. Okay, so it's it's a I, I have 
glanced at it. I, I read through it. Um, I had seen it once before, never got back to it, and then just started paying attention to it a couple of days ago. So it's a graphic novel. takes place in the year 2942. Uh, it's beautifully illustrated. And um, what's a little bit of the backstory, Ace? Uh, the whole story is about, uh, from what I understand, a, uh, uh, a hunt or a, a uh, like bounty hunting gone wrong. And uh, a ship gets destroyed, and I haven't been following the latest chapters, but from what I understand, that now they're hunting for the uh, the perpetrators. Uh, I've really enjoyed reading it off and on. It reminds me very much of some of the '80s era uh, drawn comics that you might have seen, like um, some like of the Tank West Girl. Yeah, some of the Western yeah, 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 style. Totally comics that don't that don't have that very sort of stylized um like uh modern day comic book feel they look sort of they look hand drawn uh which this definitely has that sort of uh um pulpy comic book feel to it something like you might see like a dread comic would look like yeah totally totally i i immediately got the um the the tank girl vibe from it um and like i said i've just started reading it um it's really cool uh, again, it's called Hunter, a Star Citizen comic. It's by Adrian uh, Nitzor. Uh, I would definitely recommend going and checking it out. Very, very cool uh, Star Citizen uh, fan-based content. This is the one with the dot .ninja domain. Yep. Correct. Yeah, we had, we had talked about it a while ago, um, and apparently the community uh, agrees with us uh, that it is a very, very cool comic and, and well worth the time to check out. It's because of dot .ninja. <laughs> that's that's totally what it is. So Ace, yes. What's going on in the loop? So this week, um, my big topic started because of some issues with uh, some obsessive playing of Arma the past week and weekend. Uh, I've been doing a lot of missions with uh, Johnny Eleven Bravo and a couple other people playing Arma. Um, as well as some confusion while playing some Star Citizen with some of the other mates. And I realized that the, the big thing that I wanted to talk about this way, week is combat communications. Finding a way to make a uh, sense of what's happening in a battlefield environment and sort of get a, get a head start on developing our org's ability to communicate now when things are relatively simple in Arena Commander as opposed to when things get startlingly complex in the PU. So that's that's the plan. Okay. Um, so the first thing I just wanted to mention was when I thought it was necessary, because uh, generally speaking, combat communications are mirthless, cold, and to the point. There's not a whole lot of joking around when you're engaged in, you know, pointing out where enemies are, um maintaining maneuver between groups um, and making sure that that things are uh, organized and that you know elements are working together to achieve whatever common goal you're trying to, 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 to master and I can't imagine that as an org we want we would want to observe combat communications all the time no matter what we were doing in game because I'm you know there are gonna be moments like the the one that I always come back to is Jonto in his Orion, mining out in the middle of nowhere with a small escort we're not going to be worrying too much about 
enemy fighters and trying to maintain strict discipline when there's nobody but us around. But I figure but, if enemies show up, then you want to start laying down some discipline and making sure that things get taken care of. So so you'll say things like, cut the chatter, Red 2. <laughs> yes. Uh, not quite exactly. There are some phrases and things that, that I think are worth um, pointing out. And I've got links in here for uh, the Wikipedia for voice procedure, which is naval and aviation voice procedure um, uh, talking points, I guess we'll call it. Uh, things that, that work well for the sort of thing. Uh, that that are worth looking over uh, stuff like break or break break, uh, which is if there's a lot of chatter going on the line, it signals to everybody on on the frequency. You know, this is a priority message. Uh, uh, you know, I'm shut up with and listen. Yeah, shut up and listen. Um, and then single break is usually used for long communication. So, um, you know, Jimmy, I've got a target break four clicks north of the tower over um and you break those down into uh, a means of communication this way you know with we're engaged in combat everybody knows what things mean and has an immediate picture of what a person is dealing with without having necessarily ask for clarification right no that makes sense um i will say though scrolling through this it's dense yeah oh yeah well, and, and it is, it, there's some stuff in here that's worth looking over that we would definitely use, and some stuff in here that I think we could edit. Uh, this was something that I threw together just to give you some examples as to some stuff that we should uh, yeah, totally. look into. Um, you know, I mean, there's stuff, something like, like when you ask a question in combat operations, um, you'll say something like, interrogative, uh, where did you see that target last? And that's to basically to... to denote that you're asking a question in in the, a, a list of commands. Because oftentimes when you're giving commands, you'd be like, uh, uh, Alpha 1 to Alpha Actual, this is, uh, this is the, the commander. I've got possible contacts south of the space station. Interrogative, are they, are they appearing on your scanner? Okay. Um, Something like, uh, and then there's of course the the confusion that always, people always have over Roger versus over versus out. Um, so Roger is an acknowledgement, I'm assuming. Roger is an acknowledgement, and moreover, it's a uh, a means to pass the conversation back to another participant, and the, and basically says I'm listening for your reply. So okay, if you say. Uh, what color is that wall over then I'm obliged to respond that color is red over um, if if you say you're leaving um, and you would say something like I'm gonna go out and get some groceries over and out that means I'm done and I don't expect to respond <laughs> out out simply means I'm done talking and right, don't expect right, right. a response from me and Roger means that you're expecting a response. Roger is is uh, acknowledgement of an order of some kind. Okay, all right. Um, and then if you want to be real fancy about it, you can say something like Roger Wilco, which is will comply. So Roger Wilco ah. is, yes, I'll execute on that order. Can Roger say, simply means I understand. Can you say Roy Rogers? Roy Rogers? Is that yeah. a reference? 
<laughs> no, John, you can't. No. Um, other commands that are commonly used is wait or wait one or wait two. This simply means that I'm trying to figure out an answer to your question. Expect an answer in a minute or so. Um, now, let me, let me ask you. I, th- I think I think stuff uh, I think stuff like wait over is probably uh, a little little more involved uh, than what we would be doing in Arena Commander. But I think um, commands like out, uh, Roger, uh, Roger Wilco, uh, affirmative, uh, break. I think all of those are, are pretty relative. Um, but I, one question I have is call signs. Mm-hmm. Um, call signs, I'm assuming, can be as simple as just what our handles are or, or right. as complex as what? A nickname, usually. A nickname or a... Uh, I mean, call signs can be as broad as a single unit name to a name for a group of, of ships together. So... Um, for example, um, one of the um, armor videos that I'm watching right now, uh, that I've been I've been at work, I've been I've been being able to watch live streams or feeds of people that have been playing armor just to pass the time. Um, and one of the units is called Brawler, and Brawler is an armored unit, but Brawler also contains with him a small division of troops uh, to follow the the armored. It's an APC. Um, so the commander will ask, you know, brawler, which refers to the group together, and then brawler one one, which is the the, the unit inside that, and these would be call signs to break down uh, troops or groups of, of ships that are together. In arena commander, since we only have at most ever four ships, it's not a big deal. Um, the most complex I've ever gotten is broken up four ships into a two ship two ship elements, uh, a recon advanced party. And then slower, heavy hit, heavier hitting ships. So we send two gladiuses forward, and then say two hornets behind that follow in after the gladiuses have say attacked a group of uh, vandal. But if the indications are clear uh, from CIG as to how many ships will have in an instance, we may need organization for eight or ten ships in an area, where okay. you'll need to be able to differentiate between what different parts of a squadron are doing. And certainly this will be especially important for the FPS module, where a lot of the stuff becomes directly important in terms of squad movement and squad organization. Right. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. Um, have you had a chance to look at CIG's post on the subject? On communication? Yeah. I wasn't aware that they had one. They do. I just put the link in the show notes for you to check out. Yeah, give me a second. Um, and it'll be... It'll be in the show notes for everybody to check out. Um, I had kind of stumbled upon this a while ago. And um, what I ended up doing was I read through it in length. And honestly, as someone who's not been trained uh, in the military, it could get a little confusing. Um, What I ended up kind of doing was I ended up piecing together uh, enough information to be able to uh, put together uh, something for my character in in a role play sense, which I'm kind of looking for right now. But um, but generally speaking, um, uh, CIG does a really nice job of basically laying out all of that information. Yeah, and so basically, what I have in in my character uh, profile is um, so uh, just going to read an excerpt from it. I thrived in basic offers officers and intelligence. I graduated second lieutenant and was assigned Red Fleet's 404th Echo Wing. How does that sound? Sounds Ace? fair. 
Sounds. Okay. I mean, that's just that's just you're naming the the MOS, the job that you do, and right. and and what squadron they're part of. The you know 115th Armor Division, the 303rd Combat Communications Department or division. Um, I, departments are usually used for for bases for groups on in civilian groups, but squadron, division, battalion, platoon, those are all uh, groups of people. In right, combat right, environment. Right. Yeah, I'd uh, I'd wanted to as as someone who doesn't understand that very well. Uh, I wanted to make sure that I did the best I could to uh, pay respect to to the way the way it works in the military, and also have something that's accurate to uh, to role play. Fair enough. Uh, there is actually another thread that I'm looking for that. That actually is. This is not the one that I was thinking of. Uh, that actually goes through all of those different, uh, all of those those different names. Uh, Echo Wing, for example, is the E War Wing um, in the UEE, uh, which was the reason why I had uh, obviously put that down. And I'll look through it, look for it through the course of the show. And if I find that particular document, I'll I'll link it back in so you have a chance to take a look at it. But very interesting read. And uh, yes, yeah, CIG went into length about uh about that particular aspect of the game so john or i'm sorry ace what do you think are going to be the top to boil it down the the top five uh comms that we'll need to know um, when we're when we're when we're playing the biggest thing is knowing about where a target is um acknowledgement of orders request for clarification and um, uh, uh, general general status. So, um, you know, the, the the big thing for us in in most in modern combat, you know, if you you have a four point compass, and so uh, and if you have a you have a, a digital compass, you also can give yourself a bearing. So uh, you can say, I see targets uh, west uh, over that ridge bearing. Uh, 324, and then anyone who's near you knows that they turn towards the west, and to that degree, and in that in that area, they'll be able to see that target. The problem with yeah. space, of course, is that it's uh, six degrees. Right, so right, right. You now need... we are we we are going to have waypoint markers eventually in game, though, correct? Right. Waypoint mark, and that's the thing. What you need is a frame of reference. That's the next thing. Right. Is that you need right, to right. have a frame of reference that can give you. Uh, an idea of where something is in relative to other items or other ships, um, and thankfully in game, I, I figure this the simplest answer will be pick the largest ship in a group, orient to that. Um, you think and, you would be able to share waypoints though? Yes, oh definitely. But in a combat scenario, you may not be looking at a waypoint, but you you get, you always may be able to know where the you know where the Bengal is in a fleet. So, uh, you might be able to say, um, we've got a flight fleet of Vanduul off to the Bengal's right. And then everybody knows, if you look at the Bengal, and then you look to the right of the Bengal, there's where the targets are supposed to be. Um, uh, similarly, you'd want to use something like above or below, as opposed to up or down, because you know in space, there is no up or down that's all relative to the orientation of the ship that you're in. If you If you roll over... Now up is opposite where you were facing before. 
Um, so if you use up, or if you use above or below, in relation again to a particular object, a space station, a ship, uh, a base of some kind, then again targets will know. You know, if 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 that's an agreed upon method of communication, then anybody in a certain area will know that's where your target is. So so I've got a fleet of bombers above uh, the Orion. Then now you know. Look at the Orion, the Orion's orientation. What's up above? What is directly vertically above that that location? And if that's the ship, then now you can target that and you can concentrate your forces on that that item. Um, it's I mean it's it's hard to do uh, orientation in space because again the the free form. Uh, environment that you're in but i think it's important to set that up because that way you can also set up your own runs or strikes you can say we're going to attack that bomber dive below and then attack uh then then pull up again all on all in uh relation to the ship that you're you're firing on pull up and attack from below so that's my that's the and then of course uh you know relaying orders you're going to want to know when someone says um my squadron has taken heavily casualties you're not going to want to then order that same squadron back into the meat grinder unless you absolutely have to you know you want to know what the status of your squad is um so the last thing i wanted to ask or, or pass along to you guys was something that's fun uh the military alphabet do either of you guys know this uh, I don't know anything other than the obvious ones, you know, Alpha Bravo, Charlie Delta Echo, uh, Foxtrot. You know what I mean? Like it's kind of like how many numbers I can say in Spanish. Okay. What about you, Jonto? Echo. Yeah, uh, uh, that's that's as far as I got. <laughs> so I actually have this memorized, um, and it's not because I'm a military buff, well, that is also the case. But it actually comes from working in call center environments where you have to read serial numbers off to people over the phone. Oh, yeah. And if you read a serial number off to somebody, they want they want to know what it is. So Alpha, Bravo, Charlie, Delta, Echo, Foxtrot, Golf, Hotel, India, Juliet, Kilo, Lima, Mike, November, Oscar, Papa, Quebec, Romeo, Sierra or Sam, Tango, Uniform, Victor, Whiskey, X-Ray, Yankee, Zulu. Actually, there's a f- few more of those that I knew that I didn't remember that I knew. Um, Kilo, I remember, uh, or, or uh, is familiar. Zulu is is familiar. Uh, Tango is familiar. You a lot of them have remember specific... whiskey. Whiskey. Oh yeah. yeah. People always get a kick out of that. Be like W for whiskey. Like, uh, that's that's goofy. Whiskey. Um, and then another thing that's that's you know in uh, for numbers, it's one, two, three, four, five. For five, six, seven, eight, niner, four, nine, and these no, are all it, because they're easier it, to hear over a radio. That's what I was gonna say. So it, this um, avoids the confusion of words or numbers blending the, blending into each other. Correct. So, so stuff like say again or say again your last or wait one asserting you know using using these terms as a as a means to develop 
uh, a vocabulary among the squad is important. And this will be less important for us now. Again, because Arena Commander, the best we have at the moment is, and this is the nice thing that CIG has done this for us, uh, naming and numbering fighters that you're attacking. Because, you know, right, if you right, go right, into right. Arena Commander in a Vandal Swarm, be like, okay, uh, engaging Vandal Hunter 9, and someone else will say engaging Hunter 10 or Hunter Hunter 4. Now is that the is that the correct uh, nomenclature? Would if if you were to do this legit style, would you be saying engage? Um, the squadron commander, whoever's leading the squad, would assign targets. Okay. Um, to whatever elements are flying, um, you don't want to assign your slow moving, poorly armed bomber to attack a fighter wing. You want to Makes sense. You want to assign the fighters to that. So you'll say. Uh, Alpha Squad attack uh, uh, Vanduul, say Alpha One through Three. Um, pull them off from the main group. Uh, let me know when you're finished. Over, and then say Bravo Squad uh, backup Alpha engage the rest of the Alpha the Alpha Vanduul uh, and watch for enemy missiles. Over, something so like that. In the in the current iteration of arena commander um squadron battle is 4v4 yep um i'm i'm a huge fan of squadron battle um i would like to start doing more with that and doing that um you know in in a uh combat you know in an organized combat sense kind of like what i know is going to happen when storm ring comes out Uh, you know there's going to be obviously i know we've got a number of um militarily trained personnel in the org that are going to become huge assets in uh helping uh with the proper way to uh to i guess for lack of a better word uh or you know combat uh you know ground combat um siege tactics or or whatever you know you would call that so with a 4v4 squadron in arena commander starting out simple um what would be would would you would you be interested in doing something like that on our Sunday meetup? Like, I know that everyone is interested in doing capture the core, but maybe uh, we kind of split the difference and also work on the the military aspect of uh, squadron combat. I agree with that. I think it would be a good idea. I really do. Um, uh, I, I think it would be nice to be able to establish some calm discipline uh, now and make it so that it becomes a casual thing once Star Citizen becomes playable in the long term. It yeah, would be nice a, to have that smaller... now when, instead right. of when you're also trying to adapt to whatever new stuff CIG has thrown at us. Right, when we're, when we're in Operation Pitchfork and everyone's like, what? Yeah, exactly. Alpha who? I don't know an alpha. Right, right. Who's Charlie? Yeah, who's left? My left or yours? Yeah, exactly. No, that's really cool. Um, I mean, I I would be very interested in us maybe baby stepping our way uh, into using the uh, the phonetic alphabet. Uh, you know what I mean? Because it's like one of those things where it's like, like I said when we first started out, it's dense. Yeah. Oh yeah. And it's a it's a bit overwhelming. Oh definitely. Um, especially if you've never been trained in it. If you, um, if you listen to some of the stuff that I've listened to, some of the Arma combat I listen to, I listen. I, there's a uh, guy by the name of Jester, I think eight fourteen. He does YouTube videos. Uh-huh. And his group does full Milsim Arma missions. So you'll he'll hear stuff like um, Havoc 6 to Brawler, and then uh, over, and then and then Brawler will respond, 
brawler send traffic, uh, which means go ahead. And, right. and so you hear all the stuff back and forth, and they just they just do it flawlessly back and forth. They all they they know all the, the communication. It's it's no nonsense. They know what they're doing, and. I know that's not us. We're not a military org. We're not in. No, no, no. Yeah, we're. But we're, it would be nice we're, to establish some calm discipline yeah. for the future. Well, I, I kind of look at it like uh, I mean, I'm I'm a casual flyer. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm I'm planning on being a smuggler. I I don't have any plans for being, you know, hardcore into the military aspect of combat. But I do see the value in at least some of the core aspects of the phonetic alphabet coming into play. Um, when we're in the verse, you know what I mean? When we're when we're fully into the persistent universe, when we're dealing with, with larger ship complements, when we're dealing with larger fights, um, you know, being out in the middle of nowhere and needing to call for help, being able to do that quickly and precisely uh, seems like it would be a huge benefit. Right. Knowing your Mayday call and how to make a Mayday call properly would be both fun immersion-wise. Immersion yeah, go, yeah, totally. Immersion. And, and it would be useful. I mean, if you can if you can make a, a concise, easy mayday call and people understand what you're talking about, then that makes them easier to respond to you just that just that easier. Yeah, nice. but do you ever hear Han Solo talking like that? Well, keep in mind, Han Solo is an he's ex mill and he's a smuggler. By the time you see him in the movies, um, but they do talk that way uh, in. Um, the Battle of Yavin, all of that, yeah. all of that, all that red to, uh, you know, move on the move on the on the the tower here, or, uh, you know, move X foils into attack position. Those are all squadron commands. That's all the squadron leader telling the, the the fighters what to do in a combat scenario. Yeah, and I think I think generally speaking, yeah, I mean, as as the Han Solo, uh, planning on playing the Han Solo type character. Um, I will be flying casual, and ninety percent right. of the time, I will not be using call signs because that's just not uh, not you who know, you are, uh, right? But there's a time and a place for everything, and especially with arena commander, um, especially when we're in combat situations. Um, like I said, I, I would imagine a a smaller, watered down version of that, a simplified version of the phonetic alphabet. Um, and call signs uh, would be very helpful for us um, in in being able to be an effective squadron. I agree. And aside from Jester's videos, which I'll put links to, I would also recommend people look at Team Legacy because Team Legacy does this already. They have already started using um, military, probably because they have an ex-mil uh, uh, person, naval person who is running their squadron uh, system for Team Legacy. So they have someone who's, te who's teaching all of this stuff, all the, the uh, combat lingo already to uh, their group. And and my apologies to anybody within earshot of this podcast. If I butchered anything that has to do with uh, military communications, let me know. Set me straight. I am, like Jimmy said, a casual pilot. Uh, I love doing this stuff, but it does not mean I, I know everything by heart. Very nice. Well, that was a delightful in the loop and something I would like to put in practice on uh, uh, our Sunday meetups. Agreed. So, um, org hangar status. Uh, we mentioned in uh, the previous show, uh, the uh, Versecast, 
that uh, Reverse the Verse uh, had basically confirmed that we will, in fact, see Orc Hangers at some point down the road. So for all of you that have contributed to the virtual Org Hanger, as I like to tease Gleep about, uh, hang in there. We, uh, we will see an Org Hanger, and uh, your shiny, cool ships that you have donated, uh, you, Ace, you donated Spoonrest, didn't you? Yes, I did. All right, so Spoonrest will have a home, for sure. So, this week from around the Innerverse, fun and exciting things. Uh, at the uh, Those Guys with Ships hashtag, Master Tichilla posted an insanely cool video called uh, Crash, Crazy Crash Roberts. You guys see this? No, I need to look this up. Okay, so the long and the short of it is, uh, it's about a two and a half minute long video. It is uh, the uh, crazy Eddie of uh, car salesman uh, for Star Citizen. John, uh, what was your favorite part? Uh, the, the end with Chris Roberts. He's, <laughs> he, he asks a question of Chris, and then Chris replies with some video snippet that he pulled. Uh, I, would, I would say probably. So, uh, in the context of the video, I thought it was pretty funny. Yeah, By it's great. By the way, I have to ask, when you say Crazy Eddie, did you just make a Brave Little Toaster reference? Wait, what? No, no, no. I was I was making a reference to uh, Crazy Eddie, whose prices are insane. He was a uh, New York-based furniture salesman back in the 70s. Oh, uh, that must be Jimmy that... would not Okay, that's what that must have been referencing. There Brave is a... Brave Little Toaster. I, I only say that because there is a scene in Brave Little Toaster, and I don't remember because it, it, it was so creepy and off-putting, where a junk salesman does that whole routine. Ah, And it's, it's a go. scene in the show, and he's called, I think he's called Crazy Eddie. Obviously, it's a reference to what you're referring to. So when you said that, I was like... Wow, that came out of left field. Brave Little Toaster, way to go. <laughs> when did Brave um, Little Toaster come out? 90s, I think. Jimmy, do you even know what it is? No, I don't. You're oh my god. Send me a link. <laughs> it is the darkest children's cartoon. 1987. There we are. Oh, wow. It is one of the darkest children's cartoons. Nice. I, I like rem- dark children's uh, cartoons. I remember seeing it when I was a little kid, and... I always like every time I saw like the cover for that movie, I wanted to see it again, but I never got it on disc or anything. And I, I, I just remember loving it, and I it's haven't seen there. it for so long. I mean, there's stuff in there like like the um, the air conditioner going going nuts that like scared me, like really scared yeah. me as a kid. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty interesting movie. So there we go. There's our there's my my podcast derailment for the week. <laughs> nice. I will have to check it out. Um, we've also got uh, over in the uh, Star Citizen hashtag uh, combustible props. Uh, Mr. Combustible is continuing his work on his UEE uh, heavy armor set and uh, just posted a recent picture. Uh, I want to say today uh, of his progress, which is just I I really cannot wait to see that uh, that suit totally painted and kitted out and, and ready to go. Uh, hopefully there will be a local citizen con that I'll have an opportunity to check that out in. So on um, the uh, internet in general, did you guys uh, hear of this cable robot simulator for VR? No. 
Okay, this is pretty cool. Uh, so the simulator consists of carbon fiber uh, and a uh, an ultra light frame, and it's connected by cables. And basically, it's like a um, think of a twenty sided dice, large enough for somebody to sit in the middle of. And uh, on every corner, there are cables attached to it. And it's designed to work interactively with VR. So it's in this giant room. It's this, like, like I said, like 20-sided die suspended in the middle of the room. And if you watch the video, when the person's wearing the VR headset, if they go forward, the entire thing goes forward. The entire thing goes back, goes up, it goes down. Absolutely incredible. And I want it for Star Citizen. That seems really expensive yeah it looks very expensive you guys watching the video right now yeah man it's really accurate it's surprising Mm -hmm. it's uh it's very sharp on the turns it's very sharp on all of its movement um almost kind of feels very uh holodeck from star trek it's the cable robot simulator Uh uh-huh that that looks that looks like it's a it's one step away from, one snapped cable from from disaster. But <laughs> I, I see this. This is obviously something, um, and we'll have a link in the show notes for everyone to check out. But this is obviously something that is entirely too ex, uh, expensive for um, personal use. But I can totally see a bigger version of this at a at a theme park. That is insane. Watching that thing, watching yeah, that just, thing move. You uh you can watch the uh they they show some of the VR that people are seeing and they're cutaways to fly over mountains um or cars driving and then they cut back to the way that the VR is moving and it's just absolutely crazy uh, it's so precise it's so articulate uh like I said I, obviously way too expensive for uh for consumers to purchase but five years from now I totally see that as a ride at Disney yeah it beats Star Tours. Yeah, that would just destroy Star Tours. I, which, by the way, for the, for the record, that when Ash and I went to Disneyland, I thoroughly enjoyed Star Tours. It was a lot of fun. Oh, I did too. Oh, yeah, no, it's great. Um, I, you know, I went on it when it when they first, I, I went on it before they did the revamp when it was kind of the old '80s version. Mm-hmm. And um, we left, and I, I looked at my wife, and this was years ago, and I looked at my wife, and I was like, "That sucked." And she's like, "Well, it's like you know, twenty years old. What do you want?" So I was really excited when they they shut it down and they revamped it. And when we went back, I wrote it three times. And the third time, I actually got a little motion sickness. Um, But really, really nicely well done. Very cool. Yeah, yeah, totally. John, what's going going on over at Versecast.org? What is going on? Uh, Evil Tiki Man. I always mess up that name. Um, has a question about your cockpit setup. Um, so what setup are you guys running right now? Um, Tiki Man is using a mouse and a Microsoft Sidewinder, Strategic Commander. Oh, man. Which is a kind of ridiculously huge, like, mouse slash, like, one of those game board things with all the buttons on it. (laughs) It's... Wow. It's kind of crazy looking. Um, but... Yeah, that's what he's running, which kind of sounds interesting to me. I was actually considering getting one of those, uh, what are those, Razer Nostromo? Is that the, what it the is? Nostromo? The Nostromo? Yeah, the Nostromo is the older version. Uh, the newer one is the Orb, Orb Weaver, and I know that because I have one. 
Oh. Can nice. I just say I, I I don't know if it was considered a smart move to name their product after the doomed ship from Alien. <laughs> I have um I have a uh, a Razor Naga Hex, which um I really like. Uh, the smaller uh, button profile. There's only six buttons in a circular pattern on the side, um, which I find really, really useful. Um, One of them is push to talk. One of them is um, to allow me to move my head in the cockpit. And then the orb weaver is just amazing. Um, I mean, it fits the hand so nicely. Um, It really, if you look at it from a distance, it kind of looks like a glove and it really does kind of fit that way. And then, um, just for additional customization, I've got a, a Razer uh, Deathstalker. So my keyboard's programmable, my orb weaver's programmable, my mouse is programmable, and I personally am very happy with that setup. Back up, uh, your, jo- your keyboard is called Deathstalker? Yes. That is an awesome name for a keyboard. Mm-hmm. All Razorware, um, all green glowy, so uh, I am a fan. What um, Ace, what are you flying with? I know you're using a stick, but what are you using I'm a lefty exactly? pilot. Um, so I've used um, a sort of different lefty or ambidextrous joysticks, everything from the SciTech V1 that I recommended to Gleep all those uh, months ago right. uh, to my current joystick, which is the Thrustmaster T16000M. And then uh, since I'm a lefty pilot, my right hand uses my mouse uh, and assorted keyboard functions. I've got an AZIO uh, wired keyboard works pretty well. I like it. It does this job. Um, it's nothing fancy to, to write home about, but it it, uh, it it handles what I need to it need for it to do. And then I've got a G six hundred two Logitech mouse, which I mentioned on the forum that we were talking about mouse pads. I mentioned uh, the the mouse that I use, and you were curious about that, Jonto. The the G six hundred two that I have. It has a bunch of programmable buttons on it. Um, it's very precise, has variable DPI on it. I like it a lot. Um, and as a wireless mouse, the amount of customization that it has makes it really useful. And I use it as my dedicated throttle. Uh, the um, Some of the mouse face buttons for the thumb, uh, I use for throttle up and throttle down. So I can throttle up and throttle down. Um, and if I want to get really complicated, I can even enable head look in the cockpit. So I can look around the cockpit change throttle and maneuver and fire all at the same time without moving my hands off the keys wow nice what about john what um are you just stock or have you kind of experimented with any mouse and keyboard uh combos i've tried uh hotas before and i just can't get into it i just i really like the feeling of the straight up mouse and i think i'm probably going to stick with it so I have a Logitech G700, which has, I think, maybe like one more button than your mouse has, Ace. Mm. Um, and it's wireless as well, although the battery performance is horrible. So I actually use it in wired mode. And since I've had it in wired mode, I've actually liked it a lot better. It, it had issues where it would forget profiles and stuff, which I think is probably an issue with the Logitech gaming the software. the Logitech software being funky. Yeah, their software is not good. I've used it for a couple of things. Um, I have different profiles in mine, the gaming profile framework stuff. I've got a profile for Arma and a profile for Star Citizen and for a couple other games. Um, And that being able to switch profiles uh, is nice. I mean, I can go from Throttle to um, uh, Arma where I use it for um, zeroing. 
changing mm-hmm. the, the zeroing on my guns at a moment's notice, which is really being able to jump back and forth with that sort of stuff is really handy. Yeah, I mean, the the software functionally is great. Like, it's super intuitive, and you can do pretty much whatever you want with it. But it forgets profiles, which I don't understand. Oh, that would be oh, that would be crazy. Yeah, so I export all my profiles. Yeah. Just, just I long ago learned to, to do that with Star Citizen, because every time you uh update with a whenever a major update for star citizen happens it forgets all your previous profiles yeah see that's that's why um i don't i don't do any rebinding in game every all of my rebinding is is uh physical on on my keyboard my orb weaver and my mouse uh so then whenever they do a patch whenever unless they change a key somewhere you know they rebind something which has happened once or twice but normally it doesn't um, I'm fine, and the Razer uh, software, uh, like I said, it's fully programmable, and it saves it as its own thing. And I've never had an issue. I really swear by Razer products. I mean, they've they've really done me right. So you're moving keys around on your keyboard? Yeah, yeah. I rebind stuff like on my Orb Weaver, for example. Um, what is it? Uh, dot is to look behind, right, uh, Ace? Uh, in in game, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah something um, I learned I learned not too long ago was that the period key actually lets you look directly behind your cockpit. Right, right. The period key. Yeah, I have um I have that bound to the four key on my orb weaver, which is a, a an empty slot. So um you know and then on my five key I've got um oh what do I have on the five key? Uh, I I have a few things rebound. I'll just put it that way. Um on the orb weaver, for example, it has a uh. A um, a mini joystick on the side where the thumb is. Yeah, a little thumbstick. Yeah, a little thumbstick, and I have that for strifing. So I'm able to strife left, strife uh, right, strife up and down with my thumb on the orb weaver because um, I have it programmed to that. Is it sad when you strife? <laughs> I wondered. I wasn't gonna say anything, but it's strafe. All right, whatever. Strife. He he knows it's strafe, but he still <laughs> likes to say strife. Tomato, tomato. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but wait. Okay, I'm just trying to figure out. Are, can you program? Can you reprogram the main keys on your Razer yeah. keyboard? I can pr- reprogram the keyboard, the Orb Weaver, and my hex. I can put anything. I can bind, uh, bound anything, any command to any key I choose on all three. So you can change your G letter key. To an L. Correct. That's crazy. I didn't know you could do that with like yeah. just regular in the, the regular keys. It's yeah. all it's all software input. It's, I mean, it's yeah. all you're yeah. doing is changing the way that the, the key represents itself. And I, I haven't I haven't really played with it. Um, I haven't really played with it. But there are also you also have the ability to write macros um, off of the key key commands as well. Um, I tend to write my macros in voice attack, so yeah, I don't really have a need. Yeah, so I don't really have a need to do that. But the key binding thing, uh, you know, like I said, most notably for me, the key binding to that little uh, thumb joystick for uh, for strafe uh, was a huge, huge deal, and that really made flying. Um, it really opened up more possibilities for me flight wise. Yeah, I have strafe bound to my hat on my joystick. The little, the little. A little up, down, left, right, thumbstick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same thing. Yeah, yeah, same. Yeah, basically the same thing. I actually have a Microsoft Sidewinder keyboard, and it's a gaming keyboard, 
but I can't customize the regular keys. It has six customizable keys that I can put macros and whatever else on, but the main keys are off limit. So gotta get gotta get a new keyboard then. Yeah, I yeah, I was um, I I'm wanted to get at my keyboard and I yeah, can yeah I, I can I'm, change anything. I don't you know I, between the three of us uh, and the four of us if we include Gleep in this, I don't think any of us flies full Hotas. No, no, I would, I would, do. if, if they, if, if I would give my, my kidney for a, <laughs> uh, a, a lefty full size Hotas, but they don't exist. They're never made. So I don't have to worry about that. It's um, just not a, not a high enough demand. No. It, and, and I, I think it's, I really do think it's an untapped market that if SciTech provided the option for lefty pilots, that they would have a huge market of people. I mean, be, I mean, Let's be honest. the The Thrustmaster Warthog or the SciTech X fifty five, those are going to be niche markets anyway. Right. So the more you can appeal to that niche market and get more of those users, I think the better. So I really wish, I really, really wish they would um, make a full full scale left handed uh, centric um, pilot SciTech. If you can hear me. You have your customer right here. <laughs> yeah, but isn't it like 5% of people are left-handed? <sighs> Don't oppress me. Don't oppress See, me, Jonto. That means only 5% more sales. Yeah. It might not be cost-effective for no, them. No, and that's the thing. It probably isn't. But, I mean, they make ambidextrous joysticks. What's wrong with making an ambidextrous throttle? It wouldn't be that hard. I'm a, I'm a left-handed shooter, so, uh, yeah, I, I, I the the. The pistols I've owned in in the past have all been uh, ambidextrous uh, clip releases. I was gonna say, and and you got to be careful with those uh, with the uh, shell ejection. Make sure it's on mm-hmm. the right on the right the right side. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. So, um, I, John Whiskey Cat uh, also posted, uh, which vessel would you choose for pioneering and exploration? How's that uh, vote going? It's heavily outweighed for the Carrick side. Um, out of the Carrick Endeavor and Constellation. Um, so I think people are kind of um, gravitating towards that, and then the Constellation second. Um, and I think it's kind of unfair, because we don't really know that much about the Endeavor yet. So I'd... Yeah, but everyone, everyone's everyone got uh, the Enterprise uh, on the brain as far as the Endeavor goes. Yeah, and to be fair, I like the Carrick's design. Yeah. To... The the Connie is is as a as an exploration ship looks really neat. I like that that rounded cockpit. But the Carrick man, that looks just looks that this looks mean. Well, and there I think that they all fit a certain need. You know, as far as constellation Carrick endeavor, if you think about it, it's really small, medium, and large. Right. Uh, the constellation is really kind of a ship that you could fly with one other person. I mean, if you really strip it down. Um, the Carrick is something that you kind of need some more than, you know, more than that, uh, to be effective. And then the Endeavor is just a massive ship. I think there was, there was, crew. right. I think they were saying that that's a little bit smaller than like an Idris. Yeah. The Endeavor so, I feel like would be like a survey ship that does science in the large scale. Yeah. That... Yeah, yeah. So it's, for me, it seems like the Constellation would be the quote unquote solo ship. The Carrick would be a small crew, maybe you and a buddy or two, and then the Endeavor would, yeah, have to be a full-size crew. Yeah, the Endeavor is is built for this, isn't it? 
Yeah, well, the thing is, the, the Constellation Aquila is an exploration vessel. The Carrick is an exploration vessel. Um, and the Endeavor is an exploration ve- uh, vessel uh, or science vessel. Um, so I think that really at the end of the day, the Endeavor is like, you know, again, the Endeavor is the Enterprise, you know, yeah. um, you know, and it requires a, a full-size crew to really get the most out of it. And then your Carrick is, is going to be a smaller crew and your Constellation is going to be a smaller crew. So, you know, and then this also goes back to, John, what we talked about um, in the previous show about jump points. You know, your Endeavor is not going to be able to, you know, take the the mountain pass, if you will, whereas your Constellation might, you know. So there's going to be pluses and minuses as far as exploration goes to all three of those ships. Agreed. Yeah, you don't send a, you don't send your, you know, if, for the Endeavor and the Carrick, I, I, we don't know anything. I know that the the Endeavor, from what I understand, has a Cutlass as its parasite ship, and that the Carrick has its own personal runabout. Um, and that's the thing. I, I feel like for those ships, if you if you're gonna go study the the unstable wormhole at the edge of the system, you send your runabout. You don't try and cram the Endeavor down that thing. It wouldn't fit. No, no, totally. Um, so I, you know, a lot of this is gonna hinge on the uh, science dock. Uh, and and we're gonna have to kind of see where they go with that. But I do think that all three ships have their purpose, and I think that that is based entirely on you know how manageable they are size wise. Yeah, but the Carrick seems like the happy medium. Agreed. Yeah, no, I would agree with that totally. Uh, those guys with ships, Citizen Con Digital Meetup from Murtock. Um, so this is a quote. Citizen Con is on October 10th at 6 p.m. GMT. That's 2 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Central, and 11 a.m. out on the left coast, I believe. Sorry for those of you if I left you out. There will be a live stream presentation at some point after that. I thought it would be cool to make a TGWS event out of it. At the very least, we could jump on Mumble to watch the live stream of the presentation together and maybe be ready to instantly update our clients to jump right into any new content or contents announce it during the show maybe some other guys with ships can think up some other cool ways to celebrate citizen con as an org i think this sounds fun yeah i agree I'll, yeah totally do it i would the have to see if i could uh... a saturday so that's definitely possible oh oh yeah. is it mm-hmm. well bees knees i don't have to work i, I usually know. usually with these types of things i put my earbuds in and i uh i i have just like my email window open so you can't see the actual stream when I'm at work and I just listen while while it's happening, um, but if this is going to be on a Saturday, uh, yeah, if I'm I'm around, I'm totally down to do that. That sounds like fun. Yeah, I'll be there. Hopefully, I think. Cool. Um, Star Citizen Mafia update. Um, so I put all of the Star Citizen Mafia posts into its own sub forum, so it's easy to find. Just uh, head over to the forums and then in the Star Citizen section can find the Star Citizen Mafia stuff. Um, posted by Dietrich, he's putting up some pretty awesome stuff. Um, so, recently he's put up squadron types and a challenge for everyone. And I thought this challenge was pretty cool. So he said, go into Vandal Swarm with a friend and have your friend leave. See how you stack up. I thought that, that was kind of interesting. Sadistic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that Single sounds ship against uh, the leveled groups for two ships. That... Oh boy, that would be rough yeah. even for me. Yeah, I thought that was an interesting idea. So that might be something you might want to try. Um, and he's just posting stuff all the time. 
Uh, so head over to that subform and you can see all of it in one place. Uh, the Honorverse from Murtock, um, he's he uh, he's posting about the Honor Harrington series of novels by David Weber. Um, it's a sci-fi interstellar pioneering um, with aliens and I think like military stuff mixed in. Yep. I've read some of these. They're good books. Yeah, so I actually picked up the first one on audiobook. And? Um, I haven't listened to it yet. Ah. But I'm excited because that I like cool. sci-fi. So Did you pick it up yeah. with Audible? No, I actually found it on Amazon for five bucks. Oh, wow. Nice. <laughs> yeah, they have it pretty cheap. Um, and then I think the first two books are free on Kindle, oh, which I, I'm sure... You can, I think you can just download those with a Kindle app on your phone. Um, hmm. So yeah, if you want to read those for free, that's where you can get that. it. Yeah, nice. yeah, I'll have to check that out. Yeah, it um, sounds pretty interesting. Now that we're at the end of the, the that, I do have an email that was sent my way that I do want to briefly mention before we disappear oh. from this whole segment. No, you've you've got good timing because we are slowly slipping our way into uh emails and uh accolades. Yay. What's your email? Uh so and this is something I think we should talk about in more detail after the episode. But I received an email from um one of ours, Erwin Fletcher. Uh <clears throat> okay so this may be me jonesing for my TGWS fix. But I was thinking that after listening to the episode dot dot dot, uh, that A should do in addition to guest hosting on the Versecast podcast, a flight tactics podcast, maybe thirty minutes long on some SE strategies and tactics for different ships in the verse. He could cover things like the different weapons in the game and strengths and weaknesses, tactical loadouts, ship strength and weaknesses, stuff like that. I found myself more so than usual. No offense to the primetime crew. Going back and re-listening to Ace's comments about the various ship loadouts. Well, that's very kind of him. Um, I always want to do the Sunday meetups, but I share a computer right now with my 11-year-old son. That's generous of you. I don't know if I could ever do that. Right now, he's totally consumed by Minecraft with his friends. Long story short, I usually miss the meetups. Uh, hope you take the idea into consideration. I'm sure I'm not the only person who'd like to listen to Ace's Flight Corner. <laughs> Trademark pending. Signed, Erwin Fletcher. Um, so this is something I want to talk to you guys about a little maybe after the show, but I want to at least bring up the idea to you guys now. I honestly, personally, don't think there's enough content yet in Arena Commander to warrant something like this yet. Eventually, at some point, this might be something to look at in the future, though. Cool. Yeah. So. Um. I mean, you know, I, we're we're uh, we're all about uh, you know, the 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 verse cast uh, conglomerate. <laughs> I figured, you <laughs> right? know, and um, instead of trying to sub- subject Gleep and you and uh, Jonto to yet another episode that you have to record, that I might make it something that's more freeform that get people set up with mumble and with our audacity system to pull back the curtain a little bit. And um, and then just have people come on and discuss things as they will. So Dietrich or or honestly, obviously Dietrich because of his uh, elaborate posts. You certainly, uh, Jimmy, have also also have a lot of curiosity and questions. So I would love to have you on at some point, um, and maybe make this a more formal thing at some point in the future. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I'm I'm sure we can all talk about it offline, and and 
you know, the thing is at the end of the day, if it's something that you want to dedicate the time to, you know, I, I mean, I'm, you know, sure. Right. John. Right. Yes. I like it. I like the idea. It was a ringing endorsement, Jonto. There you go. John, what, um, what's going on with our membership? We have one new member this week. It's kind of slow. These are the slow days. Um, but we're thankful for Fox and Red Skull. <laughs> Fox and Red Skull like yeah. it. Yeah. I apologize that this is kind of long. This is not this is not even close no, to No, this is not longest. a long email. This is fine. This is great. Go read some of Dietrich's posts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I originally found Star you. Citizen back in Yes, we we love Dietrich, but okay. Fox and Red Skull. Are you are we ready for this? Yes, we are. This is really long. It's crazy. Here we go. Is everybody ready? We're ready. Yes. <laughs> I originally found Star Citizen back in 2013. At the time, I only saw it was a space fighter sim, which I thought was cool and all, but I'm not a good fighter pilot. So I lost interest in it for a while until I found out about the Persistent Universe and the FPS. I love FPS games and sci-fi games. I simply fell in love with the d- detail, size, and variety of things to do. Star Citizen will be the first MMO game I've ever played. I am new to interacting in gaming communities, and advice would be appreciated. I have only an Aurora MR in my hangar. I like exploring and discovering new planets. If you do accept me, I see myself as boarding party member or ex- an explorer. I would love to hear how best I can fit in with your fleet. Stay shiny. P.S. I do agree that the first episode is a bit boring. <laughs> I will not go, disagree with that. Bias confirmation. So, um, as as an MMO player, um, I will say, uh, very simple: the golden rule: just don't be a douche. Yeah, agreed. True. I mean, that's that's just just you know, be yourself. You know, be be cool. Be yourself. Be who you are. Um, I think I speak for all of us when I say that those guys with chips is very mellow, very accepting, and you know, we just we're all pretty real people, and yeah. uh, you know, there isn't a whole lot of weirdness. So. Just be yourself, and and whatever you want to do in the verse, you'll have a place to do it in in our org. We certainly have enough uh, roles and people to fill for. You want to hop on somebody's exploration ship? That'll be there. You want to learn how to fly in combat? I'll teach you. What do you, Ace? What are you doing? Are, I I hear tin cans. Are you playing the spoons? No, that was me drinking water. Got to keep hydrated. From a, from a tin can? No, it's actually a large scale thermos. That's the metal handle. Uh, it's a giant Stanley vacuum food jar, 24 ounces. Keeps me hydrated without the entire podcast. Wow. Okay, then. Cantina drinker. Um, so, <laughs> the the one thing I would say to Foxen is I think a good way to get involved with the community um, without doing any work, I guess is just by by heading over to the website and just like browsing the forums. And when you see something interesting that you might want to put your two cents in, just do it, you know, just, just type something in there. And uh, I think the forums is just a good way to start getting involved. And um, you should definitely head over to our introduction uh, sub forum and uh, make your own introduction thread so that we can start getting acquainted with you getting to know you getting to know all <laughs> about you 
Yay for Jimmy obscure references. <laughs> Brave Little Toaster is only the beginning. Oh, good times. And then, uh, <laughs> so we are at what, 201 now? Uh, yes, 201. Hey, man, we're past 200. That is that is good. There is nothing wrong with that. that. No, no. We Go ahead. That 201 milestone. That 201 yeah. milestone, totally. We will be sorry he missed it. He will be. Uh, we got an email, too, huh? We got an email from Mike. Uh, he says, you guys need to have a team pick for your podcast intro done inside the social module with the single existing example of a player presenting each of you. Only difference would be your clothing as is available. Dibs on the heavy marine. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll be wearing the pirate light armor. I, I think it's a good idea. Sure, yeah, why not? Do it. I feel like I feel like if we had the time and the wherewithal and the system were stable enough, we should just try and record an episode of uh, TGWS in uh, G Lock. I like it. I'm I'm gonna vote though. Let's wait a little while for um for some clothing options, uh, maybe even some customization options. Let's let's at least wait until after CitizenCon and see what's coming. Agree. Yeah. Um. He also sent us a link to a new invisibility cloak that has been invented, or maybe, and it looks like it uses magic, like from this? Harry Potter. It's an invisibility cloak. I heard about this. Yeah. It Where anything uses... it covers, it diffuses the light so it appears invisible? Yeah. Is this on uses, YouTube, or where did you hear about nano this? nano mirrors or something. Yeah, John didn't include a link, so I have no idea. I <sighs> the link, the link, Jimmy is invisible. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. the ground groundbreaking, incredible, like you know, predator type science and invisibility cloak, and John doesn't put the but link. But they in. didn't show an actual cloak. They oh, just I would I wouldn't know what science. Would I? I wouldn't know because I didn't. They see the just video. said, oh, <laughs> "There's no video." Did I say what? it was a video? I uh, said yeah, it was a link. Oh. Well, okay, I, I couldn't read the article. I wouldn't know. <laughs> I'm looking on YouTube okay. to see if there's anything here, but see I'm, now, I see now, it, Ace is fake. Ace is googling stuff, and I it's know. gonna get he's gonna get some you know some dude screaming about like you know how the 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 visibility cloak is a is a, a pyramid scheme, and he's not and now he's distracted from the show, and you know I don't know what's going on. I'm confused. I'm bewildered. Wait, there's an invisibility cloak. Can I can I wear it like okay, armor? I'm you know so what? confused. Here's your stupid link for Thank your you. stupid yeah. stupidity. <laughs> Yay, the invisibility cloak link is now visible. <laughs> is, is this a viable website, fizz.org? Well, it fizz, says yeah, fizz, fizz, so dot, it must be. Well, it's, it's also it's a .org. Oh, uh, true. Ooh. Making 3D objects disappear. Okay, this is going to be fun to read later. So, uh, what's going on this Sunday? You're uh, the one that asked for the link. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's got it. He is gonna still read it. He's just gonna read it later. Yeah, yeah. Totally. He's making fun of me for posting the link. I just like that you're so flustered right oh now. Oh my god, it makes me happy. <laughs> so, uh, this Sunday coming up, um, I will unfortunately not be able to make it. Um, I am going to uh, have a delightful little dinner party. Uh, are you kids gonna be there? I will be there for Sunday, but I will not be there for Monday for the podcast. Unfortunately, we're going to have to fly solo because it's my anniversary. That is this Monday coming up. Mm -hmm. Not tonight. Believe me, if it were tonight, I wouldn't be here. 
Wow, John, next week it's going to be just the two of us for both episodes. Can you just handle it? Just the two of us. We, we can, can make it, you and I. Just the two of us. You, you and, and I. I. I'm great. honestly glad I'm not going to be there. <laughs> um, cool. Well, Ace, uh, then definitely uh, keep the troops uh, you know, up to speed on all the latest military tactics this Sunday. Yeah. And I will miss all of you guys. But uh, I am absolutely going to be in-game uh, my weird hours at some point this week. And if not, definitely on Saturday. So keep an eye out for me. Yeah. John, you going to make it in-game at all? Uh, I'll try to. Um, but speaking of in-game, last yesterday last yesterday last yesterday yesterday, as 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 opposed to before tomorrow (laughs) just yesterday okay jimmy (laughs) i was i jumped on to play some star citizen but unfortunately earlier in the day i downloaded dolphin emulator so that i could play a gamecube game on my computer a game that is not being produced anymore it's okay. It's Cars the video game. And <laughs> normally I'm not like into like licensed games, but for some reason Cars the video game is really fun. Jimmy, I don't Jimmy, where is this going? Where is he going? Uh, with okay, this bit? just listen. Uh, is, just is, listen. Did you download Baby Einstein 2? We're listening. What's happening? What's wrong with cars? Where, where is this bit going? I'm just kind of curious. Like, like okay, anyway, how, does, how does Dolphin Simulator did, listen, have anything to do with Star Citizen? Li- okay, Which listen, has anything to do with cars. I've downloaded Dolphin Simulator before, and I've ran it, and it seems to work fine. This time I downloaded it, and it asked for some kind of DLL. Then it said it wasn't on my computer, and I, I like... What? Where is this? I usually when I download it, it just works. So I Google this DLL and I find something on this website and I download it and I start to install it and I think this is kind of fishy looking. So I close it before it finishes installing. And then down in my little control panel in Windows, it says, "We'll finish your install for you." Oh, that's. Then I instantly knew malware. Like, all the malware, everything. This was the worst malware I've ever seen in my life. It was insane. It literally installed, you know that how Macs have that thing where when you hover over icons, it's like a a thing that pops up and it's, you know, that they expand when you hover over them? Yeah. Tooltip? Yes. It installed one of those on the top of my Windows. Ooh. Like, Ouch. and it was full of crap and it installed plugins in my Chrome and a bunch of other programs. And I just like, usually I'm smart and I don't, I see this stuff coming. Like I don't get past an install window. Like that never happens. So are you having to do a clean install? I do you, ran. Do you have to wipe your uh, PC? I ran malware bytes full scan and windows defender full scan and it found tons of stuff and i deleted all of it and i'm hoping that's it i might run something else just to be safe but where this leads up to star citizen is i jumped into mumble while it was running the scan um because i wasn't in any immediate danger it seemed like i had gotten rid of most of it 
because I ran a previous scan and then I was doing a second scan. But anyway, jumped into Mumble, started Star Citizen because I wanted to play, and it was taking forever. And then I realized, oh, it's because it's scanning the millions of files that are on my computer. Oh. So I couldn't play Star Citizen. Right. Which was stupid. I sh- shouldn't try to play games while I'm scanning mm-hmm. for stuff. So hopefully everything is gone. It also did one of those things where it like sets the search engine in your browser. And no matter how many times you change it, it changes back to the, to the, like that super ad supported Yay one for search engine hijacking. Ooh, that so, is a nasty virus. You so have if bad. you have any other problems, let me know. Um, my degree was in computer security. I can help you clean out the computer if you have any other issues. Yeah. I, I think I got everything. Okay. Um, uh, the moral of the story some is nasty stuff out there. There yeah, is some the moral, nasty, nasty stuff out there. Moral of the story is don't play games for ages six and less. <laughs> Jimmy, it has nothing to do with Cars the video game, which is a great game. Okay, I'll be honest. When you first mentioned Dolphin Simulator, I was I assumed that was the name of the game that you had downloaded, and I was like, where is this going? <laughs> Oh man, I remember trying to play Echo the Dolphin when I was younger and not knowing Oh, I, that was a fun game. What what happens in that game? Are you just a dolphin? Nothing. You're, You're just a dolphin. dolphin. You're just, You're just a, a dolphin. Do- is there a yeah. game? Sort of. It's it's one of those edutainment games. Oh, okay. Speaking of, if I wanted to create a community around uh Echo the Dolphin, John, yes. where would we go? I would create a community around Cars the video game because it's great. And I would do that at Engine.com where they have easy-to-use tools, modules, free. It's great. Enjn.com. <laughs> modules, free, great. Yes. Support Ronald Jenkins. Please check him out at www.ronaldjenkins.com. Support Star Citizen the Base Radio at radio.starcitizenbase.com. You can find a rebroadcast of the Versecast every Saturday afternoon. Support Gleep, even though he's not here. He has abandoned us and is, uh, we believe, either turning into a basilope or flying high above the Nevada desert with aliens. What's a I am Jimmy Croker. Basilope. Part basset hound, part... Something else? Did you just make that up? No, that's the best. There's such a thing. It's like oh. a chupacabra. Okay. It's a thing that eats goats. I know of the chupacabra, but I don't know of the Jimmy Croker. Where can I find him? <laughs> Google Google Basilope. Uh, you could find Jimmy Croker at uh, Twitter at Jimmy Croker. You can find me uh, over at uh, Versecast, and you can find me over at RSI under my handle Jackson J A X S U N. You can find me on the base every Thursday night, 9 p.m. PST, spinning the tunes, and you can email me at Jimmy at Versecast.org. John, where can the good folks find you? You can find me everywhere at the only Jonto. That's like Tonto, only with a J. Mm, space Kimosabe. And you can email me at john at versecast.org. I am Ace Azamine. You can find me on the forums as Ace Azamine. Um, I am in game as X Wing Jockey. And my Steam, uh, my email address is aceazamine87 at gmail.com. And my Steam handle is delandau87, D I L A N D A U 87. You can email the show at comms at versecast.org. We would appreciate any feedback. 
or you know comments or just anything you want us to talk about on the show. Uh, you can find our Steam group. Just search for Versecast. We've got a bunch of guys with ships in there. Uh, follow us on Twitter, at Versecast, and make sure to use the hashtag TGWS when tweeting about Star Citizen or Spacey or any kind of video game stuff that you think that we we might be interested in. RobertSpaceIndustries.com slash org slash Versecast is our organization. We are those guys with ships, and we'd love to have you. And you can join up to 10 orgs, so you got nothing to lose. Unless you have that many orgs that you need to be in. Popular guy, that one. Yeah. Uh, Versecast.org is our website. We have forums. We got voice server and links to the podcast if you need to find that. It's all there. Uh, Hub.versecast.org forwards you to our RSI community hub page. Uh, We would really appreciate it if you left us a like or a thumbs up. Um... And, you know, maybe leave a comment. That'd be nice. Uh, give us a review on iTunes. Just search for Versecast. We're the first thing that pops up. We're the only Versecast out there. And I think that's about it. Well, until next time, we are Those Guys with Chips, and this has been our Community Report. Over and out. See you later. There you go, guys. That's a basilope. I I don't see it. Click on the linky. I don't see a link. It's in the show notes? Yeah. It's in your mind. This is such good radio. Show notes, the show notes of my mind. Yep. Bass It's real. Should we end the podcast now? Mm-hmm.